Hello, you're listening to EG Property Podcast with Sarah Jackman. Today, I'm joined by Ian McEwen and Paula Green, property dispute partners at law firm RWK Goodman, for a look at options and remedies available to landlords following the expiry of the moratorium imposed by the Commercial Rent Coronavirus Act 2022, which restricted landlords' remedies to recover protected rent debts. Ian and Paula, many thanks for joining me today on what is a beautiful day. Tell me first, I touched on it in my intro there. We have had the lifting of the moratorium at the end of September, but perhaps it'd be useful just to sort of rewind a little bit and just paint the scene for our listeners and and tell them really a little bit about what the moratorium entailed and what restrictions were imposed on landlords during that period. During the early stages of the pandemic and in an effort to help tech business tenants struggling to pay the rent, the government introduced these restrictions on the enforcement action. In general, the landlords were prevented from um, taking forfeiture action due to non-payment of rent. Those restrictions came into place 26th of March 2020. There were also restrictions on the use of CRA, Commercial Rent Arrears Recovery. Those restrictions came into place on 25th of April 2020, so early on in the pandemic. And there were also restrictions on the circumstances in which a creditor could present a winding up petition. Those restrictions came into force on 26th of June 2020. There were various extensions of the restriction periods and what happened is the restrictions on forfeiture and CRA were extended up to 25th of March 2022 and the restrictions in relation to presenting a winding up petition, they were due to expire on the, I think, the 31st of March 2022. So we had a situation where these restrictions were due to expire and there was a, a substantial amount of uh, rent arrears in play. I mean, I think the estimate was about £8 billion worth of arrears. That's what the Treasury estimated. So something had to be done about that, really, given those restrictions were were due to end. So over that period, then, we did have a pause on on those options that landlords would, would normally be looking at in the course of trying to recover rents. We had the arbitration scheme which came in over the summer and landlords were given an opportunity to pursue rent arrears via that scheme. What what was your experience of that? I think I speak for us both when I say our experience was it was a bit of a damp squib. It was obviously introduced to try to, to give both parties a framework, the disputes that they had ongoing relating to these protected rent debts. And the idea was to I think first and foremost to put some pressure on, on, on them both landlords and tenants to, to encourage them to, to settle their differences. And to some extent that worked, I think. I think the, the, the idea of the, the unknown outcome of a potential arbitration did, did spook a few landlords and tenants in, into settling their differences. And then there were those that really didn't budge and waited for one party or the, or, or the other as it may be to act. There was a precursor to to making a reference to arbitration, which involved notifying the other, the other party of your intention to do so. So in, in several cases, we saw, we saw formal notification being served, and often that was quite tactical. That, on, on several occasions, did lead to a successful settlement being reached. In others, the tactic of serving notice didn't really amount to much, and so we, we found ourselves coming towards the end of the, the window. And many parties, both landlords and tenants, were really unsure as to whether they they should refer to arbitration or not, because the scheme and the guidance that, that was put in place 
was quite vague in, in how it was to be applied. The arbitration scheme and the power of the arbitrators to, to make an award under it was by reference to some underlying principles that were fairly woolly in their definition. And so landlords and tenants were, in our experience anyway, and correct me if I'm wrong, Paula, but certainly, certainly in mine, were reluctant to commit too much in the way of time and resource to a procedure that they really couldn't rely on on getting a definitive outcome. So we saw a few people outside of our, our practice referring, but but not many. And as it transpires, I've only seen two published awards following expiry of the arbitration window where a determination has been made on relief from a protected rent debt. And I think in both of those occasions, the tenants were ordered to pay the arrears in full anyway. So as I say, a bit of a damp squib and um, we're left with many landlords and tenants who are still yet to resolve their their disputes about um, non-payment of protected rent debts. Okay, so when you say you are left with a number of rent debts still to be resolved from that period. Amongst your client base, are, are there still a significant number or what, what's, what's the picture that you're experiencing? Well, Sarah, I, mean, I certainly found that some of my landlord clients were just prepared to sit it out. They'd waited two years to take enforcement action. They saw the arbitration scheme as an extra six months a fair few that waited until the end, but they are engaged in trying to resolve the dispute. And I think that the tenant realises now, the tenants realise now there's no refuge really, and it's brought them to the table. So it's a mixed bag really. So you mentioned that it's the end of the arbitration scheme has, has brought them to the table. Tell me a little bit about the remedies then that are back on the table. I mean, we've touched on craft forfeiture, winding up, are they all very much back in use and and to what extent are you advising landlords down one particular route or or down another the option the enforcement option to take really depends on the particular circumstances and i suppose the ultimate objective of the landlord so we uh, recommend that you know the landlord seeks advice to ensure that appropriate action is taken at the outset for example we will look at the history relating to the arrears and whether there's any other breaches of the lease And we'll ask the landlord whether it wants to actually recover possession of the premises or whether it wants that landlord and tenant relationship to continue. So that will steer us as to our advice on the myriad of enforcement options that are now available. And I know that Ian's been busy, as I have, with forfeiture of the lease, which is um, probably the most common remedy at the moment, I'm finding. We've been acting on kind of both sides of those type of instructions, um, but they're, they're all very much back on the, on the table, not just forfeiture. But forfeiture is, is probably the most powerful remedy that a landlord has in relation to non-payment of rent. And it's the one that's been off of the table for so long. So those landlords who have been waiting to exercise it, if they've got a unit premises that they could easily relet to a paying tenant would be a much better fit for their portfolio. Those types of landlords are, are looking to exercise the right of re-entry and have been since the moratorium fell away. Others, as, as Paula mentioned, that circumstances will dictate which form of enforcement action that landlords are taking in, in, in other circumstances. A, a right of re-entry might be of no use to you if you realistically can't re-let the premises, if it, there's, no, there's no market for it. So if, if you just took back possession, you'd, you'd be looking at liability for the empty rates liability. So it doesn't make too much sense to be exercising that right. So you might think about issuing a debt claim or certainly sending a letter before action 
or, um, or threatening some form of in insolvency regime. Rent deposits can, can now be drawn upon in relation to debts that accrued during the protected periods. So there are other options, but certainly for landlords that are looking to get their, their properties back and, and relet to, to paying tenants, the, the forfeiture route has, has proved quite popular since the moratorium fell away. And talk our listeners then through the forfeiture process. I'm sure many of them will be familiar with it, but it's worth just having a refresher just in terms of what we're talking about when we talk about that most commonly used route. In a commercial lease, there's almost always a, a forfeiture provision which states that a landlord can take back possession by re-entry once the rent has been outstanding for usually 14 or 21 days. So once that grace period, as we call it, expires, the most common way for a landlord to exercise its right of forfeiture is to, to peaceably re-enter by changing the locks. And that usually involves engaging a, a bailiff or an enforcement agent with a locksmith and attending the property at very late at night or very early in the morning when, when no one's in there. And uh, the locks are changed and a series of notices are placed in the premises and usually served on the tenant as well. And at that point, the lease comes to an end. And so a tenant that, that wants to operate from the premises going forward will need to either negotiate a new deal with its landlord or apply to court for, for what's known as relief from forfeiture. And it will be a condition in almost all cases of, of relief being granted by the court that the arrears are paid together with the landlord's costs. You can see it in context how that's a very powerful remedy and that even the underlying threat of it can be enough to convince a, a tenant to really come to the table. But I suppose, Ian, the, the warning there is that forfeiture has complex technical rules established by case law and statute. So, you know, before we proceed, we look very carefully at it because the landlord doesn't want to face a claim where the tenant advances a, a case that the landlord has wrongfully forfeited a lease. So it's, it seems a quick and easy process, but you have to do your due diligence first before going in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wouldn't recommend that any of your listeners just, just go ahead and do it without consulting their legal advisors. In particular, the, the, the right to forfeit can be waived. So um, it, it can fall away if a landlord has knowledge of the, the breach and, and acknowledges the ongoing existence of the lease to the tenant. In those circumstances, the, the right won't, won't exist anymore. And then then a landlord that does try to re-enter will find, find itself in a bit of bother. You mentioned some of the other routes then. We've, we've touched on forfeiture and that presumably is something under the right circumstances that you're seeing in relation to landlords wanting to recover possession of the property. Where the landlord is looking to preserve an ongoing relationship with a particular tenant, what other routes are, are commonly being looked at currently? Well, you could issue court proceedings against the tenant or the guarantor to recover that rent. That preserves the, the landlord and tenant relationship in the sense that, you know, those court proceedings can take some time to come to trial if it gets that far. And it, it may be give the, the tenant um, some time to get its house in order, I suppose. But, you know, you've got to comply with the pre-action protocol, encourages the parties to clarify the issues and exchange information, hopefully avoid court proceedings. If that doesn't help resolve the dispute, then you issue a claim. If a defence is put in, then we assess whether we can go for early summary judgment in order to you know, get that judgment early. But you're still looking at having to enforce that judgment if the tenant doesn't pay. So it can be quite a long-winded process, but that does preserve the relationship, I suppose. It doesn't, doesn't end the lease. 
We've got a lot of scenarios where the, where the pre-action stage is taken, i.e. a letter before action is sent, and then that leads to some useful correspondence and negotiation between landlord and tenant to avoid the need for the, the further action to be taken. And in many cases, we're seeing payment plans, repayment plans being agreed between the parties to avoid the need for that, that extra step to be made. So um, one, one way to preserve the ongoing relationship is certainly to, to negotiate a repayment plan that, that is acceptable to both parties and, and, and doesn't need to compromise the landlord-tenant relationship too much. And in reality, it's what should have taken place during during the moratorium. It's just a bit of a hangover from it, really. And I suppose one thing that is worth pointing out is that when we're talking about rent arrears, we are presumably talking about the minority of tenants. I guess by this point, an awful lot of people will have come to the table and will have resolved those disputes and and looked at the rent situation and been able to, through negotiation, presumably piece together a plan for repayments. Is that very much the position that you've seen and experienced over the last couple of years? Oh, absolutely. You know, there's been constant sort of negotiation between the parties. Some tenants have just hidden away, I suppose. But as, as I mentioned earlier, they've been forced to come to the table now, given the suite of enforcement options available. And I think there was an updated commercial rent code of practice in relation to the COVID-19 pandemic, and that encouraged the parties to be transparent and collaborate, um, act reasonably and responsibly. So some tenants were looking at that as well as landlords and were trying to adhere to those principles. And I, I think that has worked on a number of occasions, but you will get some tenants who just refuse to engage at all, and hence why we're um, taking the various actions available. Just, I guess, a, a final point to reflect on. With the economic situation deteriorating in the UK currently and reports of, of recession, what do you foresee the the picture going forward in terms of rent arrears and in terms of relationships and and what advice really do you have to landlords and tenants who are perhaps starting to experience some problems in terms of rental payments? I would say with with the economic climate not looking too rosy at the moment we would usually expect the situation with rent arrears to, to, to get to get worse and it may well do, but I, I would hope, given what we've all gone through in the last couple of years, that landlords and tenants are a bit more alive to the issues in play when, when they're likely to, to, to fall behind with, with their rent payments. So you would hope that tenants who are struggling or who may well struggle would be proactive in, in seeking the assistance of their landlords to, to come through the, the difficult times that we, we, may, we may be be facing soon. And likewise, landlords having had such trouble across their portfolios with non-payment of rent by tenants, you would hope that they'll be equally as proactive in working with their tenants to try to to find a solution going forward so that we can come out of this difficult period in, in a better better position. But there will inevitably be be some landlord-tenant relationships where that is 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 not applicable. Either that, as Paula says, that the tenant might bury its head in the sand or you might have a particularly aggressive landlord or a landlord with alternative plans for its its units. So I think in those circumstances, uh, my advice to, to landlords and, and tenants in that situation would, would be to c- come and speak to your legal advisors as soon as you can to see what your options are and, and consider, consider them in the wider context of, of where we might find ourselves in the next year or two.
And just to, to add to that, really, if a tenant is failing to pay its rent or, or may shortly become insolvent, then the landlord's freedom to exercise some of the enforcement options such as CRA issue proceedings or forfeit may be restricted by the Insolvency Act 1986. And that is a topic in itself, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. All right. Well, thank you both very much indeed for your time today. That's been a really useful overview in terms of remedies. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, thanks a lot. That was EG Property Podcast with Sarah Jackman. For more on commercial rent arrears, see the EG archive at egi.co.uk.